This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance agencies provide individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Good Thursday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. The House has cleared a major change to U.S. trade policy in bipartisan fashion. The chamber approved the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement in a 385-41 to vote, with an almost equal number of Republicans and Democrats voting in favor. That's a big swing from the original vote on the North American Free Trade Agreement, which was approved 234-200 to in 1993. House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal says the agreement addresses one of the primary issues with the original NAFTA. During these past 25 years, we've seen the shortcomings of the original agreement, much of which comes down to a lack of enforcement, in my view. House Democrats working with Ambassador Lighthizer, we fixed many of those issues. For agriculture, the deal is mostly the status quo, with a few notable exceptions like dairy and wheat. House Ag Committee Ranking Member Mike Conaway of Texas says American agriculture can still expect big things from the deal. Passing USMCA means an annual increase of $2.2 billion in agriculture exports. It also means we gain about 176,000 jobs, quality jobs for Americans. The USMCA resets our trading relationships with Mexico and Canada, improves our farmers' market access to these two important trading partners, and strips away non tariff barriers that prevent trade, free trade, and fair trade. The Senate is expected to take up the USMCA early next year. More on that subject from Bill Thompson on agripulse.com. EPA has finalized plans to stick with the Department of Energy's recommendations of how many gallons should be waived through small refinery exemptions to the renewable fuel standard. The move isn't being received well in farm country, as AgriPulse's Ben Nully explains. Republican Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa has previously threatened a call for EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler's resignation over frustrations with the Trump administration's biofuel policy, but she's holding off for now. In October, Ernst said she would ask for Wheeler to step down if 15 billion gallons of conventional ethanol were not blended as a result of the agency's supplemental rule finalized today. I've been assured by the White House and by Larry Kudlow in particular that they will hit 15 billion gallons. I expressed to Mr. Kudlow, though, that the agreement was different. I have expressed this with Andrew Wheeler as well. And we won't know until after the election whether they hit that 15 billion gallons with this new formula or not. If at that time they do not hit the 15 billion gallons, I will ask for Wheeler's resignation. The rule accounts for biofuel gallons waived from renewable fuel standard compliance by using a three-year rolling average of the Energy Department's recommended small refinery exemptions. Ernst believes President Donald Trump wants to do the right thing, but is being undermined by Wheeler. He has demonstrated that by um, bringing all of these groups together and those senators from these, um, you know, these states that highly support the RFS. I think the president intended for the EPA to do what we agreed to in the Oval Office. The EPA did not follow through with that. She thinks EPA will have to build out E15 infrastructure to meet the 15 billion gallon threshold. At the Capitol, Ben Nully, AgriPulse. The EPA's announcement also set the new year's renewable volume obligations. The EPA left room for the 15 billion gallon corn ethanol carve-out while calling for 20.09 billion total gallons of renewable fuel. For all things RVO, RFS, and SRE, check out our coverage on agripulse.com. Finally today, Congress has avoided a government shutdown that would have arrived tomorrow. The Senate has cleared a pair of appropriations measures the House approved earlier this week, sending them both to President Donald Trump's desk. The bills fund the government for the remainder of the fiscal year. 
Included in the legislation is an additional $1.5 billion in disaster aid for areas of farm country hit by unfavorable weather, funding for additional ag inspectors at points of entry into the U.S., and an extension of the biodiesel tax credit through 2022. For more on the spending legislation, check out Phil Brasher's coverage on agripulse.com. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.